spin-off shows happen because you think that is so good we should we should spin that off. Hello and welcome to episode 206 of the Bad Wolf podcast. I'm Martin and joining me again this week is Chris Walker-Thompson. Hello. Chris, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I had so much fun with our last recording that I thought I'd ask you back on to talk about Doctor Who spin-offs. Yeah, that was really, really good fun last week. Yeah, it was an amazing response we've had to that as well. Oh, really? I haven't been able to keep up on it. but Yeah, yeah. A lot of tweets, a lot of praise. People telling me they were howling with laughter on the bus. Always good to get that feedback. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I'd love to let hear uh, Sam have another go at uh, trying to make something canon. That, that'd be quite funny to... We should all do the other specials that have happened, like Curse of Fatal Death. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I don't know how you want to do this. Are we going to include the unofficial spin-offs that have happened, like the Pros ones and the Return to Devil's End or whatever it was called, which I haven't actually seen, or are we just going to keep the official ones like Torchwood, Sarah Jane and Class, the ones that went to a full series? I know of Return to Devil's End and Keith uh, Barnfather's uh, stuff, but I've, I've never actually watched them, I must admit. Yeah, I have seen Mind Game Saga. It's like this collection of four stories, and one of them's really weird because they got Sophie Aldred, who is clearly playing Ace, but <laughs> she's not allowed to say that she's called Ace. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, she's got similar clothes. She hasn't got the leather jacket on, but it's a similar style, and they just refer to her as the human. Blimey. <laughs> Cast your mind back to 2006, Chris. It was a okay. glorious time. It was a golden age for Doctor Who. David Tennant's poster was on every single geek girl's wall. Doctor Who had just had its triumphant second series, yep. and Torchwood was about to launch. What do you remember mm. about this time? I remember Torchwood. It was very, very adult for. I don't think that. I think that was like a sort of cultural jump that everyone wasn't expecting. The moment uh, they watched their first episode of Torchwood, or indeed the second one, which is about uh, killer orgasms or something <laughs> like that, it's like it was doing Doctor Who grown up for the sake of being grown up. Yeah, that first series is really patchy. There's some really good episodes in there, but as a whole, it's not great. I remember watching it, Everything Changes, or what, what they kept, what they called it before, it was just Flotsam and Jetsam. I, I really did enjoy it. Second episode lost me a bit with the orgasm alien yeah i think the one that to be fair yeah it was a bit of a people keep saying i really wanted to come back and whatnot i'm sort of like i could take it or leave it really to be honest but, i prefer what big finish are doing with it i haven't had the bank balance to be able to enjoy what they're doing with it but um <laughs> i i hear it's very very good it's um, good the single releases like the monthly range is really good they take place kind of in between the series but then you've also got a monthly range that takes place after where recent Gwen are trying to rebuild Torchwood and then oh. set after that you've got the official fifth and sixth series oh fantastic like you just said you could take it or leave it but did you enjoy it at the time I definitely did by the second series but there was one episode which I still think is still chills me to the bone which is Countryside in, a, in series one I love that that's a, it's a brilliant brilliant one and it ha I was surprised to hear that fans don't really rate it that much do they not? No. I suppose it's because it cause there is a twist at the end which is disturbing as hell. It's been out long enough. I don't give a damn. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> not like, it's not like Kaiser Soze. We can say that Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze. You know, we, we can say this now. That it turns out there weren't aliens at all. It was just psychopaths in yeah. the countryside and um which was terrifying i thought that was a really 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 good episode i think i suppose they're just disappointed that there wasn't an alien twist to it yeah but, i think a lot of people felt the same way about miracle day 
I remember Bill Pullman saying in the interviews was quite enjoyed doing Torchwood Miracle Day because it was science fiction, but from the human perspective. And it, and it focused on uh, what would people do in this situation. Likewise, the Children of Earth, exactly the same thing. It, it was, wasn't, wasn't necessary to have the four, five, six monsters in the tank as such, because the real story came from how the politicians and the government behaved after to handle the situation and, and the things they were going to do. That's, well, you know, we could sacrifice 10% of the Children of Earth. You know, it's terrifying reflection. It feels very realistic as well. Like, I believe yeah. that's exactly how it would play out i think miracle day is a few episodes longer than it should be but i generally actually quite enjoyed it i thought it just seems like as bill pullman said that it focused more on the humanity rather than monsters and aliens but you know each to their own but i think most people they just want to watch a program where similar to doctor who where he just combats monsters and you know and uh, well she now uh, combats monsters although i've not seen her combat monsters i've seen her combat very misunderstood individuals who and pull a uh, face. look like monsters yeah <laughs> i don't know i i prefer i quite enjoyed that from torchwood especially uh, children of earth and uh, miracle day are quite quite good i thought i remember when torchwood was first announced i was a little bit mm. disappointed that it wasn't just a captain jack spin-off because i thought oh how great like a more adult show with a time traveling charismatic lead could be but oh, then yeah. i realized the only reason the spin-offs are kind of mostly earth-based is just budgetary reasons. Oh, it's yeah, cheaper yeah. to we, film something on modern day Earth than it is to have another time traveling show. And even cheaper to do it in Cardiff, I suppose. Yeah, to exactly. And it's mostly one location in the Torchwood Hub. Yeah. So, yeah, you save on a lot of money there. Originally, before Liz Sladen was offered the Sarah Jane Adventures, mm. all her agent had told her is Russell T. Davis wants to talk to you about Doctor Who spinoff. So she was like, oh, wow, because Torchwood was currently filming the first series. She's yeah. like, wow, he wants to bring Sarah Jane into Torchwood. She spent the entire journey on the way to the meeting just picturing how Sarah Jane would fit into an older, more adult environment. And she got really excited about that. And she's admitted in the past to being really disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't tortured, but also delighted and glad that she was getting her own spin-off. You build yourself up, oh, this, is a bit, this is really good, exciting, I can be a part of a grittier, darker themed show and then find out it's just back to farting aliens um, <laughs> and gunge. I did, I did actually quite enjoy the Sarah Jane uh, adventures. It was definitely for people younger than me. And w when did it start? Was it 2007? 2007 they put on a pilot and then i think 2008 that's it yeah the full series yeah i enjoyed the pilot even in 2007 when i was about I was about 16 i still felt older than i than the audience that it was intended for <laughs> i was so, like 23 uh, and recording it so i could watch it when i got home from work <laughs> one thing i did actually like about sarah jane adventures which i thought that i've always said that the doctor who the actual show would actually benefit from is actually the episode split you know yeah. it was always done in two parts and you'd have it left on that cliffhanger and i thought it actually made the duration a lot better and a lot justified and whatnot but doctor who hasn't done that <laughs> the sarah jane adventures only started because cbbc wanted to make a young doctor who series Oh, really? As in, yeah, they wanted Russell T. Davis to create a show that showed a 14-year-old doctor inventing, like, sonic screwdrivers and things like that. And he was like, that's stupid. I tell you <laughs> what we'll do. We'll spin off Sarah Jane. In parts, the Sarah Jane Avengers was more grown up than Tortured. I think there was uh, some of them that I sort of grew up couldn't follow it all. But I kept coming back for the odd episode. And they are quite 
adult. There's one where Sarah Jane's friend died, but they switched it. Yeah. Something like that. And so her entire existence just got wiped out. I maintain the trickster is probably one of the best villains that has not been on Doctor Who yet. It's criminal. And they've even referenced him because in turn left. Yeah. Um, the, the trickster, yeah, brain, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And they've never brought him into the main show. It's criminal. He's absolutely terrifying to look at. It's a really brilliant idea of a show i'm trying to think about other ones they've done but uh, uh i need probably need to re-watch them when i feel brave enough to go into hmv and buy them <laughs> i've been buying the box sets recently on cex ah. and like every payday because they're only like two or three quid in cex so every payday i'll just do one so i've got the first two series at the moment but yeah sadly the show only ended because Liz Sladen passed away yeah that, that, that came to a shock to everyone didn't it but the one thing uh that I'm glad they did do, and there's uh, someone I always thought should have had their own spin-off anyway, was they brought Katie Manning back. Uh, oh, that was an amazing episode. It's, it's superb. It's uh, And uh, you even got David Bradley voicing the uh, Shan Sheath or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I'd love to see like Katie Manning do um, have a sort of spin-off. I'm surprised Big Finish haven't picked it up yet. Apart from Iris Wildtime, of course. They but. will. Well, they announced today, Big Finish, that they're doing a Donna-centric series. They are the masters of spin-offs, aren't they? But they somehow, they're like, every idea they have in Big Finish, I love Big Finish, of course. I, I've worked for them, I want to work for them again, <laughs> so I'm trying to care for my words. But they're so, on paper, if, or like, imagine you're, you're sort of sat there in a pub, and then one uh, guy says, do you know what would be a great idea? I want to do a spin-off about Lady Christina from Planet of the Dead. And you sort of like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly how I feel every time they announce something. Every yeah. time they announce a new spin-off, I'm sort of like, really? I've made the <laughs> joke in uh, one of the Hooverville sets that we do with We, Ta- we Sound Familiar. I said, uh, it was a joke about Series 11. I said, there are so many forgettable characters in this series that I'm surprised Big Finish haven't launched a spin-off yet. <laughs> uh, but then the execution of each spin-off they do seems to bloody work. It's incredible. It's like almost makes you think that maybe the drunk person you talk to in a bar smoking area might actually have a point <laughs> um they might actually be far more intelligent than you think well it's interesting because Catherine tate let this news slip nearly a year ago on the one show and nobody really picked up on it at the time they're like oh you're still playing donna in these audio plays and she said yeah i do this stuff for a company called big finish we've just done the 10th doctor adventures and i'm just about to record the donna noble adventures hmm <laughs> And nobody picks up on it. No one picked up on it, but they pick on everything. Yeah, they... I remember tweeting at the time and going, oh, Catherine Tate is doing the Donna Noble adventures. And everyone went, she's just misspoken, mate. She's just misspoken. When Billy Piper just had an omaze thing and everyone assumed because you put a picture of a rose up oh. that, it, <laughs> that it was a clue that Rose was coming back to the series, which spawned everyone, including by... I did actually join in on the bit of it. I, I didn't believe it was going to happen, but I sort of said, if it does happen, it's a really stupid idea. <laughs> and everyone sort of complaining about it. But actually, when it boiled down to it, it was just an amazing and everyone lost their shit over nothing. But that, that's the fandom, isn't it? But yet, somehow, Donna Noble Adventures just slips past everyone. They, it's like you can't even pick where, the, where these uh, sort of little nuggets of news come from. I'd said something and someone once thought I was doing something for the official channel once. And I was like, oh, didn't you do a YouTube video and somebody commented that, oh, they should have hired someone better? And you're like, hey, <laughs> this is just, this is my channel i did did this for fun yeah it was an exchange of about probably about four or five replies 
Power of the Daleks, I was told uh, secretly that it was coming out. The leak was real. And then I got told the announcement's coming. So I thought, all right, I'll seize this opportunity. I'll put on uh, a wig, put on <laughs> Patrick Troughton outfit, which I describe as Fat Pat, standing in my back garden, my brother filming me on my phone. And he's, I think he must be about 14, 15. So he, he was, and he just sort of rolled his eyes the whole time and just recorded myself sort of going up as Pat Troughton and go, and um, look out for Power of the Daleks coming out soon. This guy commented on it saying, you've got the voice, but uh, I would have personally cast someone who looked more like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's my channel. I, I, I can only do what I can. They reply back going, yes, well, what I mean is that if this was, um, you know, if any paid production, I would have actually paid for someone who looked the part more than sounded like it. Right, okay. Um, uh, just to clarify, this is this is not a BBC produced thing. This is something we filmed in my back garden <laughs> with me sweating in a, in a wig <laughs> doing... <laughs> none of this in any way should look remotely official and he went oh <laughs> just left it there <laughs> oh that's so bizarre so now i can't say anything i'm scared to post anything because i <laughs> I, spe I speculated something and then said don't i have to put don't quote me on this for god's sake i i don't know anything it is weird how that happens because i remember saying oh i would love to see what netflix did with doctor who and then it led to about 100 people retweeting me going netflix have picked up doctor who uh, oh my god it's just really bizarre I can't fathom it. I just cannot <laughs> fathom how uh, anyone to. No, the, one of the best ones I did was there was a there was a group that they're just finishing now. Uh, they were called the Who Addicts, and they said, uh, "Chris, uh, yeah, could you do a little video uh, for us?" I went, "All right, okay." And I thought there's something Patrick orientated again. They seem to be typecast for that sort of thing. So I did a little thing of in the style of a sort of missing adventure. Uh, like one of the missing episodes and it was Jamie uh, the doctor explaining to Jamie why missing episodes why there are episodes missing from the archive etc and it was a little fun little short thing but they put the video up with the headline missing episodes or something like that naturally this got traction from people using who blamed it on a clickbait title <laughs> and had a go at them for lying about a missing adventure being found <laughs> and uh, they really really went for it and I, I, I think so i commented exactly what i wanted to say which was guys if anyway if we're gonna have news about this the last people it's gonna come from are the who addicts <laughs> <laughs> i can just imagine chibnall on the phone being like right i've got a press release here i know Doctor Who podcasts. <laughs> With the audience share of 500. <laughs> and that's not me slagging off any Doctor Who podcasts. No, no, it's no. just like they're not an official source. So going back onto the subjects of spin-offs, one that fans really wanted over the time that Big Finish have just done is the Paternoster Gang. Oh, yes. Yes, and apparently that's very good. Yeah, yeah, I haven't listened yet. I keep meaning to. You know, the Paternoster Gang was never going to happen on TV because two of the leads spend five hours a day in makeup before they can shoot that's before they then spend a 12 to 15 hour day on a set that has to look like victorian london it was just going to be too expensive to make that as a spin-off mm. like maybe they could have done a special a year but full series was never going to happen and then we ended up with class <laughs> uh yeah i don't consider class a spin-off to be honest i consider it a show set in the universe yeah it's it's sort of well that's a, well, how they described all the big finish ones 
Doctor, isn't it? In the world of Doctor Who, isn't it? I th- something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Be honest, I, I think I got about two episodes in and I gave up on class. It, I did the whole lot. <laughs> it, how? <laughs> how I done? just kept thinking, oh, it's a Doctor Who spinoff. Maybe it gets good. And I mean, the whole, re- <laughs> the whole reason they had to put the Doctor in it is because they had to establish it was in that universe. And I honestly feel that Clancy's biggest problem is like, what is it? Because if you're just flicking through the iPlayer, there's no recognizable characters in the thumbnail. There's nothing in the title that tells you it's a spin-off to Doctor Who. Yeah. So you're like, what is going to attract the casual fan who doesn't necessarily keep up with Doctor Who news that mm. this is a Doctor Who spin-off? I mean, it's like, a, was it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of to the Marvel films, isn't it? Um, yeah. They had to put Samuel Jackson in there for like two episodes, one at the start, one at the end, just to insist that this is actually worth watching. Class, I think, I don't know. I mean, the first, one of the first lines is a, a reference to the Beck is it Bechtel test, which is one of the cringiest, <laughs> cringiest woke writing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just terrible. Terrible. I don't think it really. Yeah, I tried to I tried to give it a go. I was even sort of defending of people who were having a go at those who were really supporting of really, really, really looking forward to it. I said, I think you owe them all an apology. But about two episodes later, I deleted the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because there were so many fans that were going down to the bay and getting pictures with the cast. That I was yeah. starting to think this does look amazing. And I've interviewed the cast and they're all really nice. I felt bad for not liking the show. But big finish took it and made it the series it should have been well big finish uh, are blessed with hindsight effectively aren't they they can take what didn't work before and then rework it so it does work because they yeah. uh, they they've seen where it went wrong like uh, uh i suppose river song as in a sense um great series well, biggest ones colin baker when colin baker's uh, audios got going they were very much how he wanted to play it yeah and actually saved his era in a sense and his uh his time in the role because they watched they knew from watching the telly that the, the, the TV version that actually this is where it went wrong yeah. maybe we should do it like this so they're always blessed with that hindsight it's, um, I mean they brought in like the Candyman into one of the um, <laughs> audios into in one of the audios but as he was originally intended to be not dressed as Bertie Bassett <laughs> it was quite terrifying in it went back to that analogy of waiting it's talking to someone in the pub in a bar smoking area late at night and they're saying do you know what would be a great idea but they're really passionate about it they're yeah. really keen on it and although the idea sounds completely bonkers the moment it's executed it's actually really really good <laughs> they wouldn't commission it if they didn't think that it was worth doing if they so they've got quite a bit of confidence finish going along the line of spin-offs if you mm. were tasked with creating one what would you do Oh, Peladon, hands down i've been saying that one for years okay <laughs> first start is a joke but the more i actually really really like the idea of it i've always thought they a sort of game of thrones meets house of cards meets ice warriors i think that's a that's a that's solid tv that would just please me and probably 12 other people well i, I sort of it was after class got announced i sort of i did, did tweet a, some photoshop mock-ups of different shows that i thought how have these been overlooked and sort of and I, I went for every sort of tomb of the cybermen captain hopper and his flying machine having these adventures uh trying to think who else there was there was um wilson the electrician of uh, the apart department store oh i saw you, you do that one yeah 
Yeah, he does the lottery <laughs> syndicate for the t- for the uh, building. The stories he would get up to. We've got class, but we haven't had anything to do with Wilson before that tragic evening. Even really from the announcement, the BBC handled class terribly. <laughs> the day of the announcement, they were tweeting, wait up till midnight. You guys are going to want to stay up till midnight. There's a big announcement coming, big Doctor Who announcement. And all day they were tweeting pictures of like the Hinchcliffe era. And people were like, oh, Hinchcliffe is coming back to write for the new series. He's coming back for series 10 and people get really excited and then it's just they drop here's a spin-off featuring characters you don't know <laughs> it's yeah really bizarre and then they didn't help themselves when they didn't send out any promo material to doctor who magazine on the day class launched the front cover of that month's doctor who magazine was torchwood's 10th anniversary gotcha. <laughs> see i've always thought a 70s based unit series would be amazing oh yeah that would be good like you could get john coleshaw in voicing the brigadier on a speakerphone or something that's which geneva yeah that would be fantastic but my top choice would be to carry on the sarah jane adventures but just call it bannerman road I yeah. know fans like to think that sarah jane is still out there having adventures but i think you should you know have a pass away and have luke pick up the mantle and it's him and his friends and you know maybe mm. clyde and rani are now teachers at cole hill school and you can bring in the guys from class for a crossover and that's a very good idea yeah you could take it more adult orientated this time mm. or more family orientated i should say like a, like a doctor who slot pull it in the doctor who slot when doctor who isn't on and you can yeah. have the doctor appear and i just think there's a really good show you could have previous companions come back and yeah if you just called it bannerman road i think that would be great anything would be better than the uh k9 series they seem to keep churning out <sighs> you know what i think k9 would make an amazing animated show yeah actually i could see that i don't know if you you are familiar with the whovian chaser yes he yes. put out a video recently talking about potential animated Doctor Who shows that they could do. And I don't mm. think we're ever going to see an animated Doctor Who series when the show is current. It's not the same reason that the film franchise never took off. It's because yeah. they felt that it would overshadow the series that's still ongoing. It would take it all away. Well, people uh, always want a Paul McGann, Eighth Doctor kind of spin off and it's like well that just causes brand confusion who yeah. do you put on the lunch boxes exactly that it, everyone keeps saying that let's do a series with mcgann now that we can you know as a bonus or, or you know a spin-off series but it just would not fit in terms of the branding and also i don't think that many people would watch it as much as it would need to be commissioned personally but sad as it is and he's already got the successful spin-off with big finish so. yeah he's got he's, he's good yeah yeah that era's happened and it's not that i don't think a paul mcgann series would be good i think it would be excellent you know i remember being five years old and my nan for christmas got me a ghostbusters vhs mm. and she was so excited to see me unwrap it because she knew i liked ghostbusters she didn't know anything about ghostbusters but she knew I loved it. I opened up the wrapping paper, and the thing on the box said Ghostbusters, hmm. but it was that cartoon filmation Ghostbusters with the orangutan, and mm-hmm. it wasn't Ghostbusters. And that is what would happen if you put out an animated Doctor Who series or Paul McGann as the Doctor. You would get some little kid on Christmas yeah. disappointed with his present. You would break an old woman's heart. <laughs> and it just wouldn't work i mean and especially it's like if you do the animated series it's like which doctor do you use use a classic one well okay is this a new classic adventure or is this a missing episode that they're now animating you've got that brand confusion there and if you use the current doctor it's like well why watch this when i can just wait a couple of months for the live action i found this out uh, through 
uh, Big Finish and also someone who does work at BBC. But they always, Big Finish have to get all of their ideas approved by uh, uh, BBC Studios purely to avoid any conflict. So if they're like, oh, we're going to do something like this in the series or a big fan say can we do something like this but it's too similar to what they're already doing they'll shut they'll say no we no we can't do that one yeah there have been incidences in the past where the bbc have had to turn down big finish ideas um i might be totally misremembering this but i seem to remember around the time of waters of mars big finish were planning to do something similar and that got declined yeah i guess sometimes you run into the thing of parallel thought where two people have a very similar idea and they're executed at the same time and it is about brand control they they have to sort of protect the brand if you have too much of the same thing it's oversaturated it could cause confusion as you say but i'll tell you one thing it's like video games with doctor who i've always found that they wouldn't they have the same conundrum of becoming dated quite quick and it's always the case because the same with all merchandise with doctor who it's because the doctor changes their appearance and then a video game with a doctor in it is difficult to do anyway because one you can't have them kill anyone so there's no weapons there's no shooter aspect that you can have it's immediately dated when the next person comes along it's like lego dimensions as nice as it is is now dated yeah well it's been discontinued now yeah yeah I think the only way you could do a Doctor Who game is if you did it Lego, because then you could run Mm. the updates. When a new Doctor is cast, you could run the updates and get the new Doctor. But then if it doesn't sell that well, you're still never going to get those updates. And like you said, it just dates it. Well, the one thing I've always said was uh, I got in sort of inspiration from, I think I did a a video of Alien Isolation, but I did like Capaldi talking over like the the radio. Um, And I saw a game like that where you're taking instructions from the doctor or, or indeed you customize your own doctor i don't know or something like that but essentially the idea is to or even if you just play the companion hiding from a monster on a ship um that'd be quite quite cool but again yeah i don't think it would sell that much which is uh, the main thing <laughs> yeah it's all about money people can say the doctor is, is big and popular but it doesn't sell as well as it used to let me ask you this when do you think we'll see another spin-off Chibnall started laying the groundwork for his era with the last series, which I don't think, well, I'm going to say, be honest, I didn't think it took off as well as they wanted it either. It didn't. But no, it didn't. I thought if that went really well, then they might have considered an alternate, you know, some spin off options. But at the same time, I can see why they probably won't. That's the thing about Doctor Who is every time a new showrunner comes in, it's always ground zero again. And then they have to build it up. By that point, they either haven't got long to do a spin off in. The spin off might not be relevant anymore people keep saying let's bring Torchwood back that's uh but i just don't think it would work on tv as much anymore it's been so long since the last one and it's a bit of a dated thing to bring back well it's also the case that the bbc sold the license to big finish to make five and six so mm. any tv series couldn't be series five so they would have to bring it back as like series seven or something like that because big finish could sue them no ah, did not know that yeah no. you know they've brought the rights to officially make the continuing series i think i think that's also a sensible move because they were never going to get another series on television <laughs> no well, um, it's interesting because a lot of people think miracle day was cancelled it wasn't stars were very very keen to make series five mm. 
But Russell T. Davis's husband, that's when he was first diagnosed with his brain tumor. No. Oh. That meant he couldn't drive. And I've spent time in LA. If you can't drive, you're pretty much just isolated. Russell T. Davis didn't want his husband just sitting at home all day. When at least when you come back to the UK, like public transport is bigger here than it is in the US. Yeah, yeah. It's more frequent. And he had family around. So Torchwood was put on hold just because Russell T. Davis's partner was ill. No. Oh. He passed away about two weeks into the filming of Years and Years. Oh, no. Yeah, so he he was fighting this tumor for about six or seven years. Oh, blimey. Yeah, and like Russell T. Davis said in an interview a couple of years ago, like TV production companies aren't just waiting by the phone for him to call to say, right, we're ready to do Torchwood. Yeah. That's the only reason Torchwood finished on TV. Yeah. Well, that's, that's sad, but I also think he had a, he had a good run all the same. But, um, but I would like to see another spin-off. Some shows are getting more confident with it. I mean, Game of Thrones has launched a spin-off now that it's concluded its main. Well, if you look at the, the Arrowverse with The Flash mm. and Legends of Tomorrow, and I think Black Lightning's in there too, Supergirl. Mm. Also, you've got... Uh, trying to think of what it was. I had it in my head a moment ago. It's just slipped out. Oh, dear. <laughs> I actually can't remember what I was going to say. No, it's Walking Dead. Walking Dead, they're um, expanding things so that the main show can continue, but also the spin-offs allow a bit more creativity so they can actually expand and do what they like, really. Whether it's good or not, let's that's not here or there. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what there is at the moment that would... Because unfortunately, like, say, with Doctor Who, the moment to have a spin-off usually passes pretty quick. After that, it's sort of like, well, we've now got st- uh, stage one again with series 11. I guess it's kind of the same conundrum Bond faces with doing a spin-off to a Bond film. My mate suggested this ages ago, and... Uh, not to them. Um, he's, he's not got much sway. Everyone keeps saying about let's replace Bond, let's get Idris Elba in, let's make it a person of a colour or a woman. And we were like, well, Bond isn't a different ethnicity. And I'm not going to get into the full debate of it because I'm sick of people trying to quote back to me. It says, well, I don't read the book. And I was like, yeah, but I've seen the films. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but the idea that he had, he said, that, well, why don't someone else take over the 007 mantle then? Because 007 is the code name. Yeah. Yeah. So a misconception is people think James Bond is the code name. No, James Bond is a person. His code name is 007. Well, we've seen that recently, the reaction that kicked off. Yeah, the headline was done in a way to get that clickbait yeah. anger. It was, um, oh, the new Bond is going to be black and a woman. They That naturally would just piss off every Daily Mail reader so on. It's actually the context of it, as, as you explained, Martin, on, the, on Facebook, which was it's set straight after Spectre, where Bond has no longer he's been out of the service. So yeah. naturally someone else would take over. He's like, but I think that opens up, like my mate suggested, the possibility of, well, how do you continue doing films with sort of Bond films, but without having to cross that, do we gender switch or race switch Bond? The answer's simpler. We just assign a different persons of the code name i'd rather have a bond tv series morgan jeffrey from digital spy well no longer a digital spy he said something along the lines of i'd actually like to see an era appropriate bond adaptation so from the book you know like a six-part bbc's it was slash netflix show yeah i'd love that because you could see him as a young agent achieve mm. his double o status and then you could launch as many spin-offs as you liked because it would all make sense in that universe a series I did watch on Amazon, uh, Jack Ryan, which oh, right, yeah. actually sort of somewhat proved that actually a TV's adaptation is far better than, a, than the films are. Yeah. 
the films are good, but it allows that expansion to, to grow. I think it'd be just such a, a gripping thing. If there was a, a Bond film spread out over the space of, I don't know, eight weeks, that would be impressive. I'd watch it. And then, like I said, you could have your spin-off. You could bring in a new 007. You could have Bond become M. And then when the lead actor decides, oh, I don't want to do another series, you can spin it off and carry on. Yeah. Well, I, I actually think Bond's going to die in the new one. In the same sort of because Daniel Craig definitely doesn't want to do it. Oh, he's had uh, enough. Yeah, you can see yeah. it in his face whenever he has to talk about it. In the films, I had no idea. I had no idea in Skyfall that they, even Sam Mendes, couldn't give a toss in the end. But the film turned out to be one of the best yeah. successes. It's like Spectre. He clearly didn't want to be there, but every part of that film, he very much is, he's got that sort of Sean Connery balance of humour and and seriousness. I thought it was Craig's best performance as Bond. Absolutely. I rewatched it last night, actually, because I didn't remember any of it. (laughs) I forgot Andrew Scott was in it. I I forgot the plot. His best performance is directed well. The opening sequence is amazing. They had like 15,000 extras or something like that, something crazy. All the ingredients are there, but it's just not quite right. It's got all the ingredients of a Bond film, but no flavor to it. You can use you can use that in your magazines. I feel like a film reviewer. I, I loved him in that film. The rest of it, the plot doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. sort of you forget that Spectre exists halfway through it, um, and then suddenly like, oh yeah, Christoph Waltz. Okay, yeah, and we're brothers, kind of. That was stupid. None of us are happy with that revelation. <laughs> Going back onto the subject of Doctor Who spinoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll get one within the next five to ten years. I think the yeah. series needs one, especially if there's going to be an 18-month delay in production. I agree. It needs to. It, now that they've started to grow it out, the second series might be an improvement on the first one. I hope so, because... Torchwood was heads and shoulders above uh, when it came back for series two. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that every... And Chris Chibnall was behind the series two, which really, really surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch series 11, you sort of think... Hang on a minute, this is the guy who turned Torchwood around. Well, yeah, he did the first series of Torchwood, and then they took an 18-month break, and they came back um, with series two, which he was still behind. Um, mm. And he, he turned it around. Like, series two, where I know children of earth is the greatest of Mm. all the series that they put on tv but my favorite the one i reach for is series two whenever i feel like watching an episode oh yeah but no i reckon there will be room for spin-offs i just think they need to get 40 because series 11 sort of drew a line in the sand and said right well everything that happened before it was done i think if they put a spin-off of anything that was pre-series 11 that would have a sort of a negative impact on the show itself yeah absolutely uh, because they'd be putting out something like actually showing what actually that era was better than this one um <laughs> but i reckon but any spin-off would have to come from i don't know maybe something in season two i can't think of anything other than i don't know behind the scenes of kablam i don't, I don't know i mean i think maybe i can't even remember the characters names you got right yaz ryan yaz uh, yaz has had mm. nothing to do in series 11 she's there for exposition isn't she the... yeah literally the doctor talks to her in exposition that's it that's yeah fairly like weird to grow on it because the one guy who i was everyone was sort of like hmm 
but blew everyone's mind was uh, Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. Well, that's just because he hadn't acted for so long. People forgot he was an actor mm. when he left his football career and became a TV presenter. But he's a football player. What's he doing presenting the national lottery? And then he left the lottery and became an actor in Coronation Street. And everybody was like, whoa, what's TV presenter Bradley Walsh doing in Coronation Street? And then he went on to Law and Order and then eventually stopped acting and became a TV presenter again, hosting The Chase. And everybody went, why is actor Bradley Walsh hosting The Chase? <laughs> and then he got cast in Doctor Who and everybody went, why is TV presenter Bradley Walsh in Doctor Who? And then he put out an album. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that album coming out. Yeah. So yeah, it's mental. He's a he's a real enigma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you blew our minds. Ryan took a bit of once he got going, he got going. Him and him and Graham work. Yaz just sits there. <laughs> yeah, Yaz is just there. But I can understand that because they were building up like the familial bond between yeah. Ryan and Graham. So I guess there just wasn't room for Yaz. So hopefully mm. in series ten and sorry, series twelve, now they've resolved that family dynamic. Yaz can get more to do. But yeah, so far she's just like, Why is this doctor? And it's like, okay, you are just there to serve exposition. That is Which it. Is that's what most companions were always there for. I know, but it's not done well. No, this one's really not done well, especially when the exposition's crap. <laughs> you sort of like, this still makes no sense. It's not as if I'm, not in the sense that it's completely, that we're unable to understand it. It generally just doesn't make sense in any plot point. What I hate it is coincidence plays a huge part in the Chibnall era. Oh, yeah, because after all, that, that's all it has going for it. There, there, <laughs> there were no villains in there, really. No, uh, such. no. Well, the only every villain's a misunderstood hero. Well, it's kind of ironic because Series Eleven gave Doctor Who fans stuff they've been asking for since Russell T Davis was in charge. Right? We don't want we don't want the Daleks coming back. We want new original monsters. Okay, yeah. we got that. We don't want the old boys Moffat RTD Club coming back and returning to write. Okay, we got new writers. Uh, we want it to look really good. We want it to be cinematic. Okay, we got that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so fans should be careful of what they wish for because literally everything that happened in series 11 you could go back through the forums till 2005 and everything that happened in series 11 will be something that someone in the past 15 years has demanded the show does yeah i do want the next series to work i think that's the main thing that separates us from the uh, keyboard toss pots of the uh, the online world but we do actually want it to succeed yeah i want to love it i want to watch doctor who every week and love it my kids love series 11 they especially love the pating but they're seven and ten so that age group really yeah. responded to series 11 my kids would call me every monday night to discuss <laughs> doctor who and they would tell me what every one of their friends had said about the series and kids loved it Oh, that's why that is, that is the main thing, right? Yeah, and that's why Doctor. It comes back to Sam's point previously that he's made on this podcast is that Doctor Who needs a spin-off to cater to the people that aren't enjoying it. Like, there were times in the RTD era I wasn't enjoying Doctor Who, but yeah. I was enjoying Tortured or the Sarah Jane Adventures. Like, I don't have that now. Unfortunately, that all comes with the success of the main show. So uh, that's why I'm hoping that the season, the series, uh, series 12 will be good, is that it will open those doors to other possibilities of spin-offs and whatnot and expand upon things. 
we start planning spin-offs at this point, I've seen like fan filmmakers who sort of plot out like 10 series of different things they're going to do and oh, wow. don't make it past the first episode when it comes to writing it or making it. Yeah. And I just think, do one thing, then expand it. If the second one takes off, I reckon there will be spin-offs, as you say, within five years. Probably. There's not a character in there that I'm currently wishing to see more of in their own <laughs> show. Yeah. I mean, when Angel got his own spin-off from Buffy, it felt right. It felt that the character had matured past the main show. But yeah, we're going wildly off topic, so I think uh, we've exhausted this topic today, Chris. Yes, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Why don't you tell people where they can hear your excellent podcast, We Sound Familiar? Uh, they can either find uh, We Sound Familiar on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We upload the odd clip to YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. We sound familiar. We're also on Facebook as well. Also, you can also follow myself on Twitter, Chris Walker T, because I couldn't fit the Thompson in. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I might be on a YouTube channel of importance some point soon, but uh, you'll, you'll see that hopefully. I will link to your Twitter below. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Hope to have you back one time soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me again. I should say sometime soon. 